Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The following is a presentation of Morning Drive Media. From the Knapsack File Studios in Studio City, California, this is Spotlight Star Wars. I'm Cat Knapsack for another edition of the show in which I essay, monologue, and pontificate about the things I love in the Star Wars universe. One of the things I love in the Star Wars universe is saying Star Wars like this, Star Wars. It's an ode to the original Star Wars trailer. The one that says, somewhere out in space, this could be happening right now. If you haven't seen it, look it up on the YouTube. Oh, the YouTube. Making the world go round. I'm still buzzing about Star Wars Battlefront. That if despite hearing some, not bad reviews, because I don't think anyone's played it long enough to review it, but some uh, mixed bag reactions to people who have seen the gameplay, had a little chance to play the game, gameplay at E3, all those kind of things. Um, I, I get it. I understand some of what, what people are saying. It kind of looks like it's just a game that they they up the graphics and the playability to match the modern times, but the engine of the game is still kind of 10 years old. The concept is still 10 to 15 years old. And you know what? I get it. I get it. I get it. But I'm still so excited for the game. And you should be too. Because Battlefront and Battlefront 2, the original games on the uh, PS2, right? One Battlefront 1 was on the, on the PS1, right? Someone out there on this not live show, could you tell me? Okay. Um, but definitely PS2, of which I still own my PS2, I still own my PS3, I don't have uh, a 4, I have access to a 4, but more importantly, I still have my Nintendo 64, if I wanted to play Shadows of the Empire, I could. But uh, the first two Battlefront games were, without a doubt, two of, maybe my, my two most favorite Star Wars games. And there's uh, a lot to choose from. And uh, at the same time, there's not a lot of good ones to choose from, I, I think. But, the, you know, one that, one that gets an honorable mention, of course, is TIE Fighter for the PC. Uh, my uh, uh, summer of, uh, like, 95, 96, or whatever that time frame was, was uh, uh, spent uh, playing TIE Fighter a, a little bit too much, fighting for the Empire against those dastardly rebels. Um, but Battlefront, Battlefront 2, definitely... I list as my favorite Star Wars games because it did what I always want wanted to do and always wanted to have the experience of doing, which is why I want to do Star Wars roleplay, by the way. Have we started that league yet out there? I don't know. But it was about getting into the battles. I, I didn't want to be Dash Rendar. Um, being Starkiller is awesome. I love the first Force Unleashed, but, you know, that that's all good. But... I just want to roll up my sleeves or my stormtrooper armor, and I want to get into a battle. I want to go take down a walker. I want to take down the rebel shield generator. Uh, I want to do all that's what I want to do. 
And that's what Battlefront lets you do. And it was so awesome. The first time you sat down and were like, oh, here it is. I'm in the middle of a Star Wars battle, finally. And that's why I think Battlefront was so successful. And Battlefront 2 comes out, and it was even better. And as we learned with Force Unleashed, the sequels are not always even better. Battlefront 2, Battlefront, my friends at the time, uh, lost a lot of hours sitting around and uh, playing together. Um, and I know a lot of you out there did the same. So I'm so excited for the new Battlefront. It's taken a long time. The story of Battlefront 3, or now this reboot of Battlefront, it's, it's got a long, twisted, ESPN 30 for 30 doc-style story of how it almost came to be, it didn't come to be, and now here it is. Uh, with technology um, ready for a uh, next level of the game, but uh, we're going to get this version. And again, I understand, I understand some of the uh, uh, thoughts that this game is just kind of... Uh, uh, too old, uh, but um, I'm rambling on it because I just want to play it. I, I, I stopped watching NFL pregame shows a long time ago. I just want to tune in when the game starts. Wins kickoff, that's what will be there. I don't want people sitting around talking about it too much. That's what I feel like with Battlefront. I get it. I get the excitement. I get the uh, trepidation. Let's just play. And that gameplay looked great to me. It looked like we're going to be in the middle of a battle. You're going to be overwhelmed. You're going to be fighting walkers, taking down shield generators, whatever side you want to be. And I'm so excited for Star Wars Battlefront. Sounds like an EA commercial. Um, one of the things I loved about Battlefront 2 was it had a level um, uh, on it that was uh, on Mustafar. And this came out after Revenge of the Sith. And, you know, the prequels. We, we, know, we know we all stand on the prequels. My acceptance is getting uh, better, bigger, a little more expanded. I don't know. But we all have to agree that at the time, prequels were very disappointing. Revenge of the Sith was the, quote, best one of the bunch, but even that was disappointing. But then Battlefront 2 came out, and this level on Mustafar was my favorite level, for whatever reason. And I'm trying to analyze that day. Why did I want to play the Mustafar level? It was something in the visuals. It was something in that uh, volcanic, the dark red, the dark black, the shadows. And then they used, part of the score would come up on, on Battlefront. They used some of the prequel score, and they had... Um, the one called, uh, what is it, Ruminations on the Revenge of the Sith soundtrack. And it's, and it's a piece of music that's used quite effectively, and I've talked about it before, but some of my favorite prequel moments. Um, it's, it's used quite effectively when uh, Padme and Anakin are staring out the window um, and not at each other, but they're not in the same place. And, and it's right before Anakin, I think, is going to go rush to... Uh, uh, essentially, turn and turns out, spoiler, kill Mace Windu and become Darth Vader, and she's kind of staring out, and it's kind of their last moment connected, maybe. Um, and that, that low, low-sounding piece of music, Ruminations Place, it's a great, great piece of music. Um, they use that game in Battlefront 2, they use it in the game Battlefront 2, and so sometimes you'd play on, on Mustafar, and... That, that soundtrack would come up, and it would fit so well 
with what was going on on, on Mustafar on the game that I kind of softened my stance on Revenge of the Sith at the time. So imagine that. Here you are just playing this shoot 'em up Battlefront 2. You're having fun doing that. And you, and you play this level and you come out of it kind of liking Revenge of the Sith a little bit more than you did simply because of a video game. Uh, the Mustafar level was very uh, in-depth, it was very detailed, and uh, it, it just kind of put me into Revenge of the Sith for the first time. I remember in Attack of the Clones, part of the reason I, I walked out of the theater going, oh, okay, Attack of the Clones is all right, was the battle and some of the shots in the battle. And I thought Lucas did a good job uh, with, with that big battle. Some, some of the, the visuals in it were really good. And I remember walking out going, you know, that kind of reminds me of when I was a kid and I wanted to go fight on Endor. Um, I don't necessarily want to go fight on Genosis, but I, I got into that battle. Well, uh, Battlefront 2 kind of did that for me on Mustafar. And it got me thinking today about the other cool little things in the prequels. And it got me thinking about how Mustafar might be... The planet of Mustafar, for those not familiar, um, which I, I should read the description. I've got the ultimate Star Wars encyclopedia out. It says, Mustafar, a place of ashen skies and glowing lava. Mustafar is one of the harshest environments in the galaxy and the site of Anakin Skywalker's fateful duel with Obi-Wan Kenobi. I'm sending you to the Mustafar system in the Outer Rim. You will be safe there. Um... I think Mustafar is an underrated aspect of the prequels. I think a lot of people like Mustafar in spite of what they feel about Revenge of the Sith. And I think you got to pause for a moment and give credit to Team Lucas and Grandpa George and the whole bunch for uh, creating uh, Mustafar. And it was a planet that was referenced, not directly by name, but uh, it was a planet we knew was in the Star Wars universe even as far back as 1983-84-ish. Because if you read the Return of the Jedi novelization, which, by the way, just found in my storage, the original copies that I own of the Star Wars novel, the Empire Strikes Back novel, and the Return of the Jedi novel. If uh, you read those, or you have read those, Obi-Wan Kenobi in Jedi talks to Luke and says a lot more detailed and different things than he does in the movie. That's right. Even though I think it came out after or right about the same time, the, you can actually do a co- contrast and compare Star Wars book to movie, movie to book discussion if you want. It's like Game of Thrones. Um, in the movie, of course... Uh, Obi-Wan gives his famous, uh, famous uh, well, what I told you was true from a certain point of view speech. In the book, all that is there, but it goes into a lot more detail about the history of Luke and history of Vader, and it directly re- references a fight, a lightsaber duel on a planet of lava and mentions how uh, Anakin Skywalker fell into the lava. So that was in our brains as Star Wars fans as far back as 1983, 1984-ish in that era. And um, Revenge of the Sith comes along, 2005, many, many years later, and that fight and that that referenced fight is there. I got to say, it it reached the expectations I had as a kid. 
I don't think the lightsaber fight. A lot of I've heard people criticize the lightsaber fight, and look, there were some unbelievable things in it, even for force users. I was like, I, I don't think that's possible. I don't think they could lightsaber fight on a small two-inch uh, piece of metal across lava. Uh, and the whole thing of them swinging was kind of cheesy. But overall, I do like that sequence. Overall, I do like the fight. And overall, Ewan McGregor's passion he put into that moment of you were the chosen one, I bought into it. And the planet of Mustafar, it reached my lofty expectations of all those things I talk about of having the problem and, and the trouble with new, where new cannot do better than what we felt it should be in our brains all along. Mustafar was one of those things in the prequels that I went, you know what? That's kind of what I envisioned. That's kind of what I wanted since I read that novel back in 1983. And I think we don't give Mustafar as much credit as it deserves. A planet, that's right, we're talking about a planet. The visuals of it, I'm looking at uh, I'm looking in the uh, the Ultimate Star Wars Encyclopedia. They got a great panoramic shot of that uh, mining base uh, that Anakin and the Separatists are on. You got the waterfalls of lava, um, and then they've got a great shot of the uh, the duel on Mustafar um, of Obi Wan and Anakin in their final fight. I think there's so much on Mustafar that looks good and feels good. There's a darkness to it, and it was what we kind of wanted a little bit for uh, Anakin's turn to the dark side. We didn't get the full feeling of, of uh, the full experience of Anakin on the dark side before he uh, became Vader because his uh, wife died. Um, again, there's a lot of bad things in the prequel, but I, I think you need to pause for a moment and give, give some respect to Mustafar. It is a very good setting in the Star Wars universe. I like I like that it's there, and I like what they did with it. And for me, I did not really realize it until I played Star Wars Battlefront 2 and got the run around Mustafar, go up and down, go in the room. One of my favorite things in the game is you can go into the room where Anakin um, kills the Technodroid representative who's just chilling by himself, which was one of the funnier moments of the prequels, I think, is Anakin goes there and, and murders everyone else, uh, all the Separatists, and, no, we just wanted the peace. Ah. And then he goes in that side room, and his eyes turn yellow, and, like, the tech droid's just, like, having a break by himself in the conference room. Or he's like, hey, this, is this meeting starting? Am I the only one here on time? Oh, hey, Anakin, what's going on? Oh, what's wrong with Anakin? That's all on Mustafar. On the video game, you can go into it. You can actually go into it. And uh, that's what I—that's what I love about that game. That's why I'm looking so much to Battlefront uh, coming out in November. I wonder if they'll have a Mustafar level. I would love it. If not, I'm gonna have to bust out my PS2, rehook it up, and play that game again. So if Mustafar is kind of cool in the prequels, and, and my point here is, I, is I think more people like it than they care to admit. I think they like. I hear a lot. Well, I, I hate the prequels. Well, except for like the last 30 minutes of Sith, that's pretty good. And I think what they're really referencing is is how much they love Mustafar. That's just a theory. It's not a fact. If Mustafar is cool, are there other cool things in the prequels that we're afraid to admit? I've done episodes on Jedi Alliance of appreciating the prequels. This isn't so much that overarching and overall discussion. This is little specific things. 
way back early on in Jedi Alliance, Maud Garrett and I did a episode where we talked about positive things of the prequel. So you can pull from that, and that's where I got the, uh, the my favorite sound in the Star Wars universe is the sonic depth charges from uh, Attack of the Clones, Obi-Wan and Jango's little space fight. But are there other cool things on the, on the level of Mustafar that we kind of are afraid to admit that we like? I'll ask you. You can tweet me at Ken Napsuck and say, here's what I like about the prequels. Hashtag Spotlight Star Wars. Hashtag Mustafar for the winter. Because that's where I'd want to go for the winter, is Mustafar, right? Right? I don't know. Endor. Everyone, everyone wants to travel to Endor. I might, I might do a summer on Mustafar. I might, just to prove a point. I like Endor. I get it. I want to live in the trees with the Ewoks. But, you know, just to prove a point, I'm going to go for a holiday season, whether it be the summer or the Christmas season, I'm going to Mustafar. You're welcome to come with me. Are there other things you like in the prequels that are tiny, 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 tiny little moments? Like I said, I love that moment. With um, I, lo- I love the the moment of the uh, I love the moment of the uh, the music uh, that plays over Padme and Anakin staring out the window. Um, but what do you find? What do you do? You like the pod race? Is it the pod race? Is there little moments in the pod race? Is uh, is it Jabba uh, eating a little creature's head and then spitting it uh, on the gong to start the race? No, that's not it. Okay, I understand. What are the little moments? I'm running down my head in my head right now. The Phantom Menace. Is there something I like in the Phantom Menace? Darth Maul. Yeah, we all like Darth Maul. But I'm talking about things more specific. It's the moment of Darth Maul that reveal when the door slides away. Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan are like, don't worry, we got this. And Darth Maul's uh, lightsaber comes out, the, the two two sides. I mean, that's a great moment, right? We all like that. But is there something beyond that that you like? Um, is it the Battle of Naboo? I'm looking at the Ultimate Star Wars Encyclopedia right now. And you know what? There's moments I like in the Battle of Naboo. There's a lot of moments I don't like in the Battle of Naboo. But there's little tiny things, little tiny sounds. And that's why I think we don't look at the prequels uh, we, we have an over, overall distaste with them, but there's a lot in the prequels that you, you can look at and go, all right, I can get behind it. I can get behind it. For me, it's Mustafar. And Attack the Clones, it's Zam Wessel. I like that character, Zam Wessel. I like the start of Attack of, Clone, Attack of the Clones. Um, I like the Naboo ships, the Nubian ships, the sleek designs. I like the clone troopers, uh, ships, the arc, the arc fighters, um, the early precursors to the X-Wings, possibly. I, I like those. There's little things like that. I like the battle droids. Kidding. I actually do not like the battle droids. Uh, that was the moment I think I kind of pulled out of the um, prequels early on in Phantom Menace was the first Roger Roger. I think we all can agree on that there. But you know what? I don't like the battle droids, but I do like the droidicas, a.k.a. destroyer droids. I actually really like those. I like that they roll up in the little balls. I like that they have their own little shields. I like that the I like how they sound. I can get behind the battle droids. Or excuse me, the, the destroyer droids. Uh, I like that Ara Singh appears in Phantom Menace. Uh, that's a good expanded universe character, and it has a little moment. Uh, I like that the Millennium Falcon is an Easter egg in, uh, I believe, is it Revenge of the Sith? 
that they show up, the little falcon. Uh, I like those kind of things. Um, I'm, I'm not going to go in detail. You're going to tell me. I'm going to put it out to you on Spotlight Star Wars. You're going to tweet me and tell me what are your little things from the prequels that you can get behind and say, I am glad those things are in the Star Wars universe. Next time on Spotlight Star Wars, maybe I'll do a little bit more detail on the Star Wars novels. Um, the, the novelizations of the original trilogy. I think those are must-reads for anyone in the Star Wars universe who has not had the chance to read them. Um, it's been a long time for me, but I think maybe we'll dive into that. And there's some interesting things in there, including that Luke Skywalker, of course, is Blue Five in the books. And so excited that uh, Alan Dean Foster, who ghost wrote the Star Wars novelization, is going to be writing the novelization of The Force Awakens. Definitely going to read that. Definitely going to be a must read, I think. Um, and yes, at some point, I think we should dive into the novelizations of the prequels. Um, if you haven't ever heard it, and, and Red Letter Media covers it of, uh, I don't care what they say about the books, and, you know, and I agree with that to a certain point. But the novelization of The Phantom Menace, if you haven't read it, I hereby order you to read it. It is better than the movie. And a lot of it because of what you get to learn about inside Anakin Skywalker's mind. Just do it. Just read it. There's a lot of things there that I remember reading at the time going, ah, if only this had been conveyed in the movie. That's it for this week. Got a busy week, busy weekend, a lot going on, a lot of things going on, and I just wanted to take a moment to sit down and share my excitement with you uh, about Battlefront, about Mustafar, about living on Mustafar, and trying to find what we like in the prequels in spite of ourselves. So do that. Tweet me at Ken Napsock and hashtag Spotlight Star Wars and um, tell me, would you want to join me in Mustafar for the winter? What are some other things in the Star Wars prequels that you are like, you know what? Don't like the movies, but I can get behind that. As always, the Napsock Files podcast feed rolls on, and I would love it if you rated and reviewed on iTunes. Subscribe if you haven't. And um, uh, that's, uh, you know, I was going to say leave a nice comment, but, uh, um, I don't, I, you know, just leave what you want. I don't want to coerce you. Do what you want. But do me the favor of rating and reviewing uh, the entire Knapsack Files podcast feed. I'm going to go wake up and have a nice day and celebrate Star Wars in my own way by dreaming about Mustafar. So until next time, may that Force thing kind of remain around you sometimes. <laughs>